Ready. This is Alex de Aguiar. Are you ready to pod? Let's go again. Quiet, please. Ready. That's right, you businessman. <laughs> so, David, I brought you on the show because you are a successful businessman and you have been doing this for a while. And for many of us that run a business or are starting to run a business, we need some fresh guidance. And what better person than you? In fact, you just helped write a book all about business tips and success. But before we get into that, tell everybody out there what you do. Sure. So I am in the commercial real estate industry. I am a licensed attorney, but my current employment and mission and business is to develop 1,500 workforce housing units. All of my time and energy is invested into realizing this big dream of putting a small dent into our community need for workforce housing. And I am a partner with Matt Martinez at Beacon Hill Property Group that is taking up all of my time. It sounds exhausting just listening to it, but I'm sure it's going to be an amazing project. Um, It's great to do good for the community and that's just amazing. Congratulations on that. So tell us about all those great tips you put into this book that you helped write. So I, I was asked by the, uh, a publisher and also a co-author in the book, Kevin Thatcher, to participate in a multi-authored book on success habits. And this all came to be through an organization that I got invited to join called The Brotherhood. This is uh, launched by a serial entrepreneur, Joel Gandara, which is a group of very driven men between the ages of 20 and 60, I think we have so far, that are trying to better themselves every day, hold each other accountable, have a sense of community, uh, and it is all about growth personally, professionally, family, and being the best version of yourself in you know for all the different aspects of your life for being the best husband that you can be being the best son you can be being the best father you can be being the best business partner you can be being you know the best in each aspect of your life and so this organization we had the uh, one of the brothers um had the idea of us writing a book together and that led to success habits and i am i focused my contribution on an area of life that I I hold very dear to my heart. So life's all about relationships. And I invest a lot of time and energy into trying to improve my relationships and, and, um, and get the most fulfillment and enjoyment out of life, you know, through these positive relationships. First, how do you realize you have to better yourself? And what what is better yourself? It's a great question. One of my principles of life is to live the life that I want and not the life that's expected of me. So I think that you have to define what your ideal state is that you're working towards and have it be 100% an authentic, self-defined goal, right? Of what, you know, what does a fantastic son mean to you, right? What should you be doing, you know, with your father, your mother, um, to be in that ideal state of, you know, and and succeed, so to speak, right? Define your own success for each of these roles and components and aspects of your life, 
right? And then put together a thoughtful, deliberate plan to move yourself closer to whatever that state is that you're working towards. Um, and for me, it's just step by step, day by day, move the needle the slightest bit in the right direction. You know, that's, that's amazing because all of us are very busy. Most of us are busy to our day to day. And sometimes we get so caught up with the day to day that we forget about keeping up with uh, communicating with our friends, we lose touch. So is that kind of what you mean about being a better uh, version of yourself and trying to be there for people? Yeah, yes, from a relationship management perspective. Yeah, so the, the chapter in my book is called The Art and Science of Mindful Relationship Building. One of the ways I think about relationships and how to improve them and how to be improve yourself, right? Being whether it, you know, whichever role you're playing is to first take stock. Who are the people that are in my life? Do I want these people in my life? Are there, should I be investing more time with this individual or less time? So first I'd say you need to go through who is already in your room. This is a concept by the great Ivan Meisner, um, published a book on this alone, all about, it's called Who is in Your Room? I recommend it, being aware of who is in your room, and then building a plan uh, uh, that you deliberately then put into action, right? So it's not just, okay, so you go through, here are the 10 people in my life that I spend more time with than I should be. You identify who you want to spend more time with, identify who you want to spend less time with, and then actually calendar it. That's another one of my philosophies, right, that I learned through the founder of the Brotherhood who who uh, beat this drum really, really hard to, to make me be better at it. I was already doing it, but not as good as I should be, as you, you calendar exactly what you're going to do when immediately. So if you, you go through and you identify these are the five people that you love spending time with, but you're not spending enough time with, then calendar. I'm going to call, I'm going to call them on this date. I'm going to send them a birthday card handwritten and maybe, you know, and it might be just reach out and schedule breakfast with John, right? So you at least have um, on your calendar items, you know, that is a, a, a time-based to do uh, managing, you know, basically what you want to achieve to improve relationships. I think it's just, yeah, it's knowing who you want to spend more time with, who you want to spend less time with, and then taking action to make that happen. Now, it's very hard to make some actions there. For example, there might be someone in, in someone's life that we all have sometimes that is probably negative all the time and, and drains you. And you're saying, you know, cut out these people, give them less time. Sometimes it's easier said than done. How, how, you know, that's, how do you do that? How do you, how do you cut off somebody from your, from, from someone that you probably care for, but at the same time, you know, that they're, you know, they're a little bit draining and they give you bad energy. Um, how, that's a tough situation to be in. What can we do? Th th that's, that's Alex. Great question. It's a, it's a tough one. You, you know, um, it really depends on what the nature of the relationship with, uh, with, with the person is you right size that relationship. So for example, it's, it's mom and she is negative all the time and you don't, and you're not aligned on any principles uh, in life, or you feel that lack of alignment. Mm -hmm. um, I would say uh, practice some gratitude work. Every time you see your mother, 
think about three things that you're grateful for and that you like about what she does and um, and know that you're going to interact with her at this moment in time. We're going to have lunch once a quarter and that's the most interaction that I can have. And I'm going to get I'll, I'm going to I'm going to come prepared with my gratitude work already done, you know, and stay positive and know I'm doing this because this is the right thing to do for her even if it doesn't bring you joy and fulfillment. If it's somebody that is just a friend from high school that just, you just, you know, out of convenience and being reactive, right? Without being deliberate, it's very easy to just disengage. You don't need to tell the individual that you no longer are aligned with them, um, you know, and that you are not going to be spending as much time with them. You, I, you will be surprised with if you just stop reaching out and stop engaging with somebody, then people are busy and they, in 99% of the time, it kind of works itself out organically. And then engage with them on and on the right in the right medium. Maybe it's just sending a text message. Happy birthday. All right. So tell me some some tips on our, let's say an entrepreneur that's starting off and don't know where to begin. You know, they they, ha- they probably have the idea of what they want to do, uh, but they have no clue on what's next in their process. Okay. My advice to anybody that is looking to make a change. First, be mindful and accept that change is scary. Change is something that people avoid naturally. Human nature is to stay in the in, in status quo um, and not change. So you, you have to accept that that's human nature and that you are going to overcome it. Um, don't beat yourself up. Just set very small uh, little goals, action goals. So whatever is the baby step that you need to take to start motion towards becoming or making whatever change is that you're going to make and don't and and accept that you're not going to have the motivation right there's actually you're going to be scared and you're going to have you're going to be you're not going to feel like getting started and don't expect the motivation to just magically come right? What, what happens is you need to first take action in alignment that's moving you towards um, what you want to do or become or create. And then when you start seeing that you can do it and that you're moving in the right direction, then you will become more of a believer that it can be done. And then as that confidence and belief grows, which is directly related to how much action you take in alignment with whatever you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Then the belief and the confidence grows and then the motivation comes once you get good at it and you truly are a believer that it's going to be realized. So just take the action, start, and then the baby step, and then it's a snowball and effect. I I believe, I believe that you're absolutely right with everything you just said, because I think that when someone starts a new venture, Many people don't start it because they just have fear of the unknown or, or you know, they, they, they're scared to leave their job. They're scared to do whatever they need to do uh, in order to make that happen. But I figured out that you just jump into it. You figure it out as you go. And I think life will bring you people and new people into your life that, that they're there for a reason that are going to get you to the next step. And then that's little by little. That's how you start growing. Right. A hundred percent. And you got to. Flip your mindset about pain and suffering. So pain and suffering 
comes to you. And when it does, it's a blessing because you cannot grow. You cannot evolve into anything, any stronger version of yourself unless you have pain and suffering that, that is overcome. So every time something goes wrong, every time there's an obstacle, right? This is an opportunity to grow. And when you grow, then you will become more fulfilled and happier in life. Um, because if you're just stagnant, it is impossible to feel fulfilled and happy with yourself. So oh, we, learn but, from yeah. our, we learn from our mistakes. Speaking of mistakes, David, tell us some a challenge that you had in your path that made you grow and, and learn from. Specific challenge. So I was overweight as a child. And this is something that made me very insecure in my formative years in middle school and high school. And it's something that I took massive action to correct while I was in college and into my 20s. And it, I look at it, I look back and I have said to uh, in myself, that uh, that pain and suffering of being overweight as a child was the biggest blessing ever in my life because it led me to live an incredibly healthy lifestyle as an adult. Um, so if I had not had that pain and suffering and struggled with weight as a teenager being picked on a little, I don't know if I would have established a fitness routine that I was serious about in college. And, and, and I adopt healthy eating styles. And now, you know, I'm 25 years later in good shape still. So I'm grateful for that pain and suffering as being overweight and picked on as a kid. How about what's, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've had work-wise? One of the biggest challenges I've had work-wise. Coming to the realization that the practice of law was not for me. Ah, so did you get I, did you pass the bar and all that? I, I yeah, I, I passed the bar. I was working full time 50 hours a week up until 10 days before the bar exam and crammed for 10 days and passed easily. So I was blessed with having the knowledge that I needed coming out of law school to 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 pass the exam. Um, that was a, a challenge because I, I, I was put to work by a firm that was small and I chose to go to a boutique firm because I knew I would hit the ground running so much so that they said I needed to hit the ground running the Monday after graduation. Not one of my peers was working. Everybody was studying full-time for the bar, but I had to work full-time, um, leading up and they gave me a week and a half, uh, before fully off. So yes, I passed the bar. I practiced for four years. Um, but I, I knew after two, um, subconsciously that it wasn't for me. What was, came, it, what was it that made you feel it wasn't for you? What, what was the process like? So every day I woke up, I did not, I was not excited to go to work. I dreaded going to the office. I was looking forward to the end of the day. I was looking forward to the weekend. I was looking forward to vacation. I was looking forward to the paycheck. The only thing that I that I enjoyed about my work as an attorney was the paycheck. And if that is if that's and if you can on if that's the the real situation, most people, a lot of people struggle to come to terms with that as that that's the reality um, of their situation in life. 
Um, I, I did. I struggled with it for a while. I finally accepted that that was that was the truth, and I needed what, to make what a was change. The last, what was the last straw? What would be the outcome in 20 years time? And so I was looking at these are the most successful attorneys uh, and and I knew a bunch of them and their life and and what they had was not of it, not what I wanted. So when I realized I'm on a path that's going to lead me somewhere where I don't want to get, that was finally when I said I have to take some action. I have to make a move no matter how scary it is. 2012, I started having conversations with trusted uh, uh, people in my life as to what alternatives could be. Um, I bought a couple books, you know, what you can do with a law degree, right? Um, other than practice. And, and I mean, the world is your oyster, right? Yeah. And it doesn't, you don't, it's change is scary, but you got to just jump in and, and then, and you realize it's, there's nothing to be scared about. And, um, it's all just a fun journey. And so one of the people that I asked, um, for ideas from mentioned he had seen that a new york private equity firm had acquired burger king so you went to work for burger king so i went to work for burger king i had uh, 10 interviews over two days with who was then the the cfo is uh daniel schwartz at after two days of interviews and 10 interviews later he says we don't have an opportunity for you so it was a punch in the stomach um, took all the air out of me. I thought for sure I was going to have that opportunity. And, um, and he said, you, uh, we, we don't see how you could succeed in any of the core business roles here. And, and he followed up with me a year later and, and said, you know, I have an idea. We have an opening on our legal team. I know you wanted to pursue a business role. You're, you're qualified um it, you know at least through your license the, the, the general counsel soon told me i didn't have any of the required legal experience um but i i held a, a i was you know an active license uh, licensed attorney so i i qualified in that regard and uh and sh and that 10 more interviews and i had i was given my opportunity to 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 be, to go in-house and serve on the legal team mm. um and then within 10 months, I was running the real estate business. So I was in that business role that I wanted from the get-go. Got it. And not for Burger King. For Burger King. For Burger yeah. King. Okay. Oh, King. you were finding uh, spots for them to build restaurants. So I was not finding them spots. I was managing 1,800 real estate assets across handful of countries half a dozen countries owned the by majority, burger king. yeah the majority of so the so it was a legacy asset of when burger king used to own and operate restaurants in addition to be a franchisor so long story to, to simplify it they used to own um a lot of real they owned a lot of real estate because they used to own a lot of restaurants Part of the 3G capital um business plan was to sell the restaurants they didn't want to be in the restaurant business. They wanted to be in the franchising business. It was a pure franchise play. They wanted to be as lean as possible, have the franchisees operate all of the restaurants. And so they, they, they through a series of what are called refranchising transactions, they sold off 1,800 or so um, restaurants. They said, hey, we, we have very valuable real estate assets here. We're going to keep those. So they sold the 1,800 re restaurants, kept the 1,800 real estate assets, 
And then I was charged with managing that portfolio and maximizing the income generated from the real estate assets. So it was a pure real estate asset management role. And, um, but you had to be very mindful of the core business always, right? Was supporting the burger business. And that, that wasn't for me. Oh, I did, did, you have to be, did you have to be unhealthy and eat burgers in front of them? I did not, but there was some, <laughs> there was definitely some pressure and, and you have to try to convince yourself that you believe in the product, right? And in, in order, I think, to succeed in whatever you're doing. And I soon realized that that was also not, burger not fit for me. I didn't like the food. I didn't like the mission. I thought that, well, you know, growth of, of serving a really unhealthy, poor quality food. And yeah, hurting I mean, people their, their, their Whopper does not taste like when we were kids. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good fit for me, culture, but based on my principles of health, health and fitness. Yeah, that's probably why they had a hard time hiring at the first time, first round. <laughs> you had to eat the burger in front of them to get hired. Okay, so um, David, so now you do commercial real estate. Now, from the book, can you give us five tips? Sure, I love that question. Um, okay, I'd say first number one. Surround yourself with people that are better than you in a certain aspect of life that you would like to improve. So if you would like to be a better business leader, seek out, deliberately seek out individuals that are very successful in that regard specifically. They run they lead organizations in a manner that you find impressive and learn from them by simply surrounding yourself. How does one surround themselves with the type of person that's smarter than themselves? Through participation in charitable endeavors, through civic um, organizations such as the Chamber of Commerce, through business organizations such as business uh, BNI chapters, um, and or you can be extremely proactive and identify these are the people that I would love to learn from and reach out to them. And people are very, uh, I mean, they're busy, right? But if you are persistent and you reach out to 10 people and you tell them you would love to to hear their story and learn from them and be and, and follow in their footsteps in whatever aspect that you are impressed by, whether they're a top triathlete and you want to be a better triathlete or whether, you know, whether they're running a charity or whether they uh, built and sold a tech company and that's your big life dream on the business side. So define, seek them out and be persistent and stay humble. And, you know, and it's a numbers game. You ask enough people with integrity that, you know, and you be, you be authentic and you be vulnerable and you say, I, you know, I'm not, I, I want to grow to be like you in this regard. Are you willing to help me in some fashion get there? And, and most people are receptive to have a coffee, a phone call, a Zoom chat. You'll be surprised. So you can ask people that are within your network, hey, who do you know that's really good? You know, I'm, I'm struggling to, to stay calm and um, at home with my kids. Who do you know that's really that really impressed you and raised amazing children and never lost their cool? Just ask, you know, ask people and they'll and they can point you in the right direction. You know, a word of mouth referral is uh is 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 an amazing, easy way also to get communication, introduced. Communication is the key. Yeah. All right. 
Two. Second, um, build build an actual personal CRM. If you have the best memory in the world and you can achieve it, you can still improve upon. Now, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of how much you can remember and how much you can do without a tool, you'll do better with the tool. I'm glad that you're keeping notes. My birthday is October 6th. There you go. Okay, so. All right, October 6th. <laughs> One of my goals is to have a birthday of somebody I care about every single day to send a personal message to. Very nice, very nice. All right, so that's what's number three. Number three is in personal relationship. So with a significant other, I think it is it is the most important relationship in your life is with if you are blessed to have a significant other that you call your partner in life, um, then you should be investing the most time and energy into that relationship more so than any other in your life. And one of the tools that I use to, uh, to, to try to improve and to maintain and then improve our, my relationship with my wife is to have a structured, what we call a couple's offsite. It's business-like, it's, you know, it's a little, you know, uh, call it whatever you want, you know, or don't call it anything. Role playing. Yeah, just get, <laughs> get on the calendar. Uh, some time where you and your and your partner get out of your normal routine and you go somewhere where you know you're going to spend two, three, four hours just quality time together, no phones, and you're going to talk about what you're grateful for, right? What's going good? What's going bad? Be totally brutally honest about what's going bad. And come up with a plan and try to reconnect and work together to, to address it. Um, Spice it up. Yeah, yeah. So be ha have those hard conversations with your partner and schedule the time where there's no phones and you're 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 in a nice calm environment regularly to do it. Very nice. That's good advice. Good advice. Number four. Four. Um, I I touched on this. I I call it rack and stack. So this is, you go through everybody that's in your life, right? And you prioritize. So you need to put who are the A friends, right? Who are the B friends? Who are the C friends? Who are the D friends? And the Ds, maybe the C and Ds should not even be in your life, maybe, right? You need to define whatever though, you know, the criteria is. But I still keep people from his life, okay? <laughs> yeah, keep, you know, be, be, so actually go through and deliberately evaluate who the people are in your life, rack and stack. And, and then the people that are on the top are the ones that you want to spend the most energy growing the relationship. It might not be your best relationship. It might be a really shallow relationship, but every time you see them, you are more jazzed up about life than anybody else. So you're like, I really should be spending a hell of a lot more time with this person. So I'm going to make that happen. Right. Yeah. So rack and stack. So use some kind of tool to actually go through and, and come up with your plan. Who am I going to spend more time with? Who am I going to spend less time? Oh, um, five. five. Um, take charge of your calendar. Do not be reactive about who you're going to have lunch with, um, who you're going to get together with on the weekend. Don't let other people just, you know, invade your calendar uh, without you being mindful right? And really thinking about it. Is this something that I want to do? Right? So you you need, you know, you want to take charge of your calendar. 
that's the fifth. And and your time is the most valuable asset you have. So, you know, be very careful with it. That's awesome. So David, tell us where we can go buy this book. On Amazon, Success oh. Habits Success. by the Brotherhood. By Brotherhood. And how does one, if somebody wants to join Brotherhood, can they? So, yeah, yes. So uh, 31 days. So it's a program focused on men improving on, on it's a it's a virtual challenge for men so uh there uh, the founder joel gondara's wife is actually working on a similar program for women but as of right now the the challenge exists just for for men that want to be better versions of themselves you you go online i think it's 225 dollars and that includes the book and the 31 day challenge and then you go through this the, this uh, experience with 10 to 20 other guys. And then at the end of it, if you gave it your all and you were fully committed and you were you added the you know, you were one of the top performers, the uh, elite select few within the challenge, then you're hand select, then you're invited into the brotherhood. Oh, wow. And what, what type of challenges are there? Type of challenges are there? Um, facing your biggest fear is one. Um, going back and saying you're sorry to somebody that you wronged. And did the um, brothers go with you to to have, be witness to that you're doing that? Yes, it's, it's all self. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's there's community, so you have an accountability partner while you're going through the challenge. Okay. Um, another, there's some rules of engagement in the challenge, um, and such. Yeah, it has to be clean living. So no drugs and alcohol. Um, there's a few other requirements so you, 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 you know, the, that are, that are challenging for some certain aspects of the program will be extremely hard for some people and not a challenge at all for others. So if you have your, one of them is financial, right? Getting your finances in order in terms of knowing your cash flow in, cash flow out. Some people have that dialed in and they're like, this is not a challenge. I'm doing this right? Other people, it scares the crap out of them. And it's a monster challenge. So, you know, and that it, it, that's what's great about the program that every person can will be bettered in some some fashion. There's a challenge each day, 31 challenges, some will some you'll have an opportunity for real growth, others will be a little bit easier, but you will grow if you give it your all and you're serious about it. And then the brotherhood is a, a lifelong community. I really um I'm I'm blessed. I feel grateful to be. But once you get into the brotherhood, then you have, you know, you have as a someone's brothers that you could rely on, right? Correct. There's 35 brothers at this point, and they some there one in Greece uh, is the farthest brother. So, uh, yep. So across the country, um, there's an annual retreat. It's all new. This all started six months ago. So, so, yeah, so I'm, what I'm, I'm going to do is for people who want to get in contact with you for commercial real estate and for the brotherhood and for the book, I'll put three links in our show notes. Uh, so they can click on it and, and be able to contact you if they want to last words for entrepreneurs and everybody out there with everyday life stuff. What do you want to say to them? Dream big, start small, act now. David, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, one more thing. Don't, Don't fall, fall off the pod. Ready. Listen up, potheads. I want to know what you thought about today's episode. Be part of the conversation. Go to podwithme.com, look for the episode, and place your comments. 
Also, if you want to tell your story on Pod With Me, go to the Contact Us section and let us know. Remember, you can listen to the pod here or on any other streaming devices that play podcasts. Oh, and if you cannot get enough of the pod, you can download the Pod With Me app, available at all app stores. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and remember, don't fall off the pod. Ready. 